everyone. Welcome to the Bulletproof Hygiene Podcast, where mistakes are welcome, nothing is off limits, and growth is inevitable. I am Sharissa Wood. I'm Brittany Simon. And we are putting our brains together to bring you the tools you need to elevate your hygiene practice, build amazing team culture, and provide patients with the very best care. Our mission is to help empower and equip every hygienist to practice purposeful, profitable hygiene. We look to guide you on your journey towards career fulfillment by providing support, collaboration, and community to our profession. As two of the top producing hygienists in the country, we know firsthand that these things lead to sustainable and fulfilling practice and the happy side effect of high profitability. So let's get to it. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Bulletproof Hygiene. We are just coming off the Christmas and Hanukkah holiday breaks. Um, Hopefully, you're listening to this while you're still on your break. Um, And so, obviously, we are hopeful that you have or still are enjoying some rest and relaxation. And as we wind down the year, I want to talk about downtime. Like, as we're having some downtime in the spirit of downtime, let's talk more about it. Um, We really wanted to dedicate a whole episode to taking, to talking and thinking about what we consider to be productive downtime. And I wanted to start with first, like what we all, I think, consider to be true downtime is that, that personal downtime that we take outside of work. Yes. And the first and the most important to make us functional when we are at work. So well, mainstream workplace culture often indicates that we should be operating 24-7. I know that we all agree um, that, that can, that's overly demanding and it's an unrealistic schedule that actually employee productivity. So work-related exhaustion or burnout is an increasingly common phenomenon negatively affecting human health on a global scale. By familiarizing ourselves with the signs of burnout and learning to harness the power of downtime, we'll all be on our way to a new decade of prolific success. First, it's important to identify the symptoms of burnout so that you can actively check in with yourself and others. So a 2019 report published by the World Health Organization identifies the primary symptoms of burnout as feelings of exhaustion, increased negative emotions related to one's job, and decreased professional efficacy. So if left Underaddressed or unaddressed for a prolonged period of time, burnout can have more debilitating health effects such as insomnia, depression, high blood pressure, type 2 diabetes, and substance abuse. A 2018 Gallup study revealed that over two-thirds of full-time employees experience work-related burnout, demonstrating the pervasiveness of this problem. Such evidence prompted the WHO to reclassify burnout as an occupational phenomenon rather than a medical condition in May of 2019. All of this alarming information begs the question, what is causing burnout? Potential sources of burnout are lack of control, dysfunctional workplace dynamics, absence of community, and workload extremes. Therefore, important components of job satisfaction are going to include sufficient amount of autonomy, healthy relationships with your coworkers and supervisors, and a manageable workload. So when working under increased demands, individuals can quickly begin to feel run down and often experience fatigue, trouble concentrating, et cetera. When we start to feel burned out at work, even the simplest of tasks becomes a challenge. Our passion starts to dull. We lose some of our drive. As clinicians and healthcare providers, we've got to practice what we preach. So we can't help others be their best 
when we operate out of deficit and when we are facing the huge challenges of overcoming disease and infection with our patients, we can't afford to operate from a place of apathy, exhaustion, or less than. When our bodies are exhausted, we're not only less productive, but we also put ourselves in danger. A 2018 Gallup study revealed that employees who frequently experience burnout at work are 63% more likely to take a sick day and 23% more likely to visit the emergency room. And yes, I know we've talked about burnout on previous podcast episodes, but I honestly feel, especially in our profession, that it's one of those issues we've got to keep our focus and attention on because it's such a reality and it can be just a chronic issue. So let's touch on from here some burnout prevention strategies, especially as we're stepping into this new year. Yeah, and I think this is really important because I do feel like, I don't know about you, but I, as I come around to the end of the year, there's this part of me that's like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get some downtime. I'm going to rest. I'm going to relax. I'm going to kind of, you know, reset, refocus, um, recharge. Um, and then there's this part in the back of my brain that's like, and then we're going to start over and do it all over again. And that thought can feel a little exhausting too. So I just feel like this is the perfect time to have this conversation of really digging in and looking at how that last year looked for you. Are you finding yourself here at the end feeling burned out? You know, is, is the thought of going back, you know, stressful to you or are you excited about it? And, you know, thinking through that because, um, you know, us being able to practice from a really healthy mindset and a really healthy physical place is really, really important in, in our own fulfillment and happiness, but also really helping our patients effectively. So I think the first step is, is just listening to your body and stop working on autopilot. I feel like as hygienists, we're really good at working on autopilot. Um, we've kind of got that down. We just know, we just do, go, 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 do, do, do. We know how to, you know, the ins and outs of making it all work and it really can be exhausting. So step one is listen to your body. When you begin to feel sluggish, a key strategy to refresh your batteries is spending at least 15 minutes outside every day. And there was actually a 2015 study conducted by researchers at Stanford University that found that being in a park just outside reduces blood flow to the subgenual prefrontal cortex. And that's the part of the brain responsible for negative emotions. We know that exposure to natural light stimulates the body's production of vitamin D and serotonin, both of which play key roles in boosting mood. These are key reasons why even small amounts of time spent outside are associated with an increased sense of overall well-being and a decrease in anxiety and depression. Green space also appears to slow rumination, and that's the process in which individuals with depression or anxiety or stress may replay negative instances over and over, making the depression and anxiety worse and harder to recover from. Going outside is also a pretty immediate stress reliever. According to a 2019 study, uh, salivary cortisol levels significantly decreased when time was spent in nature with the greatest impact coming from spending 20 to 30 minutes outside. Exposure to green space appears to increase parasympathetic nervous activity, which is the system that relaxes or undoes the effects from stress caused by the sympathetic nervous system. The result is in a sense of calmness along with lower heart rate and blood pressure. Potential act outdoor activities to help boost your mood include having a picnic. Um, and, and on that front, I'd say even sometimes taking your lunch outside 
even if it's just, you know, a, a snack even. Um, reading a book under a tree, going for a walk. And I jokingly, as I was pre preparing for this, thought about like, even just in, for me, in my practice, even if it's just taking the trash out to the dumpster sometimes, like I notice myself as I walk out, I'm looking around at the sky, I'm looking at the trees. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's a beautiful day out here. And I'm breathing a little deeper and I'm, I'm taking that all in. So even just those small opportunities to get outside can make a huge impact. Um, I'm a big outdoor girls girl anyway, and I feel like that totally recharges me. So a lot of times you will find me sitting on the back deck. Um, we have a cover out there with a little couch and I'll sit out there and I'm reading or just watching sunset or just kind of just having a cup of coffee and, and relaxing, um, you know, going out and throwing or kicking a ball with kids is not a bad idea or even watching them do it. Um, taking the dog for a walk. I just feel like there's so many opportunities, so many little things we can do outside. One thing I'm going to give kudos to Brittany really quick, because um, when we first met and really got to know each other right after we did our first summit together, um, we had the COVID shutdown like immediately after. And I remember Brittany and I had a lot of FaceTime conversations while she was outside taking a walk. So she's a really good catalyst for, for me because I watched her do this. That's a, a great way, Brittany. You were always like, I'm going to go, you know, process my, my life mentally outside on a walk. And I think that's super, super healthy. So I had give you a little. Oh, oh thanks. And I want to thank you for that. And yeah, it was actually really helpful during that period of time. And it's helpful in general, sometimes as uh, just a person, but also a person with ADHD, it gives my body something to do while I'm trying to mentally process something. And I found that that's really helpful for me. I, I want to kind of rewind because when we talk about starting the new year in, and, you know, contemplating like this end of going on now in our practice and kind of like a closure, like a success, a finality to what has happened this year. And there's like a high level of stress with that. And almost like this, looking forward to having this relief of a break and a new year and a fresh start. I think it's also really important to remember that if nothing changes, nothing changes, right? Only the number of the year is going to change. Like January 1st, we don't magically become a new person. As most of us know from trying to begin new diets, new exercise routines, starting something, you know, if, if our mentality, our mindset hasn't shifted, if our values haven't shifted, if there hasn't been some sort of pivot or intentional kind of structuring to be different in, in this new year or this next chapter or whatever the next section is, if nothing changes, nothing changes. So like for me, I'm, and, and I think this is a really good time for us to, we're going to talk about like evaluating our reality in just a second here, but like all of us to reflect on who we are like naturally as people, like we all have to kind of like natural built-in tendencies. It's a good time to especially look at things like, am I naturally a person who overworks, overthinks, overdoes perfectionism, struggles with that sort of thing? Or am I naturally a person who, um, you know, maybe is a little less structured, doesn't follow through, procrastinates a little more, whether it's due to perfectionism or something else, like, like kind of like look at our natural tendencies, because that's what, what we need to shift in if we want to start better habits and to be more refreshed and not be in that place of burnout and to have quote unquote, productive downtime, productive, anytime productive time at work, we've got to be in like a good healthy space. This is a good time to start. I think reflecting on all that. Yeah. I love that. I totally agree with that. And that would be, you know, one thing I was going to say about you know, just thinking as we think toward the new year, you know, obviously 
I think what you just said is a really great starting point to kind of maybe even journal out and write out like, where am I strong? Where am I weak? What do I need to change about myself or my mindset that's going to take me to that next level? Because you're right. Just on repeat, you know, what is it they say? Insanity is, is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Um, so, you know, thinking towards what do I need to look, what does need to look different about me personally, that's going to impact this. I saw a, um, a meme online the other day that said, you know, no one is going to come fix your life for you. And it was one of those, like you do kind of, you know, as a kid, you're always waiting for the adults to come and, and fix things and make things better because you, you don't have that opportunity. And then as we get to be adults, I think sometimes we, we kind of forget that, oh, this is on us now. And it's, and it's up to us and nobody else is going to step in and fix all the things that that's on, on our shoulders. And so we've got to take those steps through that process. So just as we talk about kind of outside time, I want to suggest building that in to your schedule in the upcoming year. You know, if that's something that you do, you know, works for you, um, studies look like it works for most of us is be intentional about that. You know, we talk about being intentional with everything we do in our profession and in our life in general. So um, let that be a direction you think too, is what does that look like for me? Am I spending any time outside? Am I kind of looking around outside of myself to see what's bigger and broader? And, and I think being outside is just that reminder that we're not in control. You know, there's so much bigger than us and, and we are part of it all. So I just, I don't know, I think build that in because I think that's an important thing. Hey, all of you listeners out there, we appreciate your time dedication to growth and patient care, and of course, Bulletproof Hygiene. If you're looking for the opportunity to become even more Bulletproof while also needing to fulfill your CE requirements, because let's be honest, we've all been really busy this year, and I know some of you may be looking to get those last hours in before the end of the year deadline. We'd love to point you toward our Bulletproof Hygiene Mastery Course, which has individual modules so you can go at your own pace to gain a total of five hours of CE. For more information, go to our website, bulletproofhygiene.com, and click on the Mastery Course banner. We hope to see you there. Hundred percent. So, no practice is perfect. No work environment is without weaknesses or failures. On the cusp of New Year, we recommend taking stock of your situation and out the pros and cons. It gets easy to get stuck in a mental cycle of negativity when that's all we focus on. So ask yourself, what's great? What needs work? What can I do to bring the change I want to see? What do I take for granted? What am I lacking? What do I need to be healthy at work? If you're feeling a sense of dread going back after a break, then it's time for a revamp. We only get one trot around this globe and our responsibilities are too great to coast through. So some examples of doing this at work could be restructuring appointment durations. So setting a different amount of time per the procedure that's anticipated in that appointment. Offer more services to break up monotony. Uh, do we need to cut back a day, even if it's just temporary? Do we need to ask for regular feedback or team meetings or one-on-ones to get feedback to, to make necessary changes and see where we need to pivot as time goes on, keep us accountable? Do we need to take a coworker for a drink or to dinner to build a relationship or change a dynamic? So and another- I want to I want to talk about some of these things because I think you hear these things and you like immediately in my brain I like feel stress about them because I'm like I mean like revamp my patient time 
like that, that's not going to work because we already have that established. And, you know, like I feel like we are our own worst enemy when we start thinking through potential changes and opportunities. But I think the reality is if you're finding that these are, if, if you've got things that are not serving you and figuring out what you need to serve you is, is meaning that you've got to revamp things. So, and, and knowing yourself, well, like I am somebody who really needs to connect with my team. I need to know that I'm helpful to them, that, that I'm doing what's supporting them. Um, and so I know for me, I need that feedback. So if you feel like, you know, I don't know if I'm doing a good job or not, and nobody's really telling me much about that. Like, I just, I feel like I am, but I don't really know. Then let that be one of the steps you take to go to your doctor or your admin or your, you know, whoever your manager is and say, Hey, I, this year, can we set up some opportunities for me to kind of get some feedback and us to check in? Cause that's really important to me. That motivates me. That helps me do a better job. Um, so asking for that, if you don't get that, um, I know for as we've worked with many hygienists over the years, we find that sometimes hygienists don't really know what their numbers look like. Um, they don't have access to that. No, no, nobody's really sharing that with them. So that maybe it's that. Maybe it's saying, hey, I want to check in and make sure that I'm achieving the goals I'm setting and I know what's going on. Maybe asking for that or learning how to how to pull those reports and do that. Um, you know, like Brittany said, maybe it's it's cutting a day. And even if it's a temporary thing, like, you know, life is you're going through something and life is hard and you need to just cut back. That's okay to do, and it's important to do for that self-care aspect to be the best you can be. So as we throw these ideas out there, don't, you know, I feel like so many times our brain immediately shuts that down without us even having a conversation with someone of like, oh, no, that would never work. That wouldn't work in my practice. That doesn't, don't allow that to happen. Just write out, write out what would be ideal and then start a conversation with your team or your admin and see what can happen to make that work. Yeah. And I want to speak to, you know, asking for what you need, because I think another common human tendency is to assume other people know, and we all need similar, but different things. So like asking for the review, asking to reduce a day during a stressful period, asking to, you know, asking for support, those are all specific to us. So it's easy to get into the rut or the false belief of like everyone else should know, or does know, or does see, and is choosing not to help me. Usually that's false. So it's like, if we can just step out of that and, and ask for what we need, usually, usually the answer is yes, or some version of yes. Um, another important thing is to, obviously this is an, an obvious one that I take for granted and don't do enough of is taking vacation. So Taking vacation time is essential to employee survival. So not just well-being, but like literal survival. We need breaks. That's because time off work is integral to well-being, sustained productivity, and high performance. So one study showed that a four-day long weekend vacation had positive effects on well-being, recovery, reduced strain, and perceived stress for as long as 45 days. While the reduction in strain was greater for those who spent the vacation away from home, the other effects were similar for those who stayed home. Studies find chronic stress can affect the part of the brain that inhibits goal-directed activities and causes problems with memory. Continuous work with no breaks or vacation time can make people feel blocked and distracted and have problems concentrating. Surveys show almost three quarters of people who took vacation time regularly felt more energized and ready to tackle the tasks at hand. Going on holiday makes you feel more present and stimulated. When we travel, we're usually breaking our normal routine, says Richard Davidson, professor of psychology and psychiatry at the University of Wisconsin-Madison and founder of Center for Healthy Minds. That means we can't operate on autopilot. That decreased familiarity is an opportunity for most people to be more fully present, to really wake up, 
he says. According to another research study in the Journal of Positive Psychology, meditation and vacations appear to have overlapping effects. The report found that both meditation exercises and vacationing were associated with higher levels of well-being and increased mindfulness. Vacation has been shown to improve heart health, reduce stress, boost brain power, and improve sleep. And I will speak to all of that because I, I don't know what it is, but it's like I get in these modes where I'm like, I have to, I have to, I have to. So much needs to get done. If I take a break, it all won't get done. And that just has never been reality. It's like, I'll be in a, a persistent burnout. It's hard to get mentally out of that space. And the second I step away for any quote unquote extended period of time, even being that long weekend or a week or something, I'm refreshed. I'm rejuvenated. I have a better perspective. I have more clarity around all the tasks. So it's like the tasks become, they start requiring more energy to do the same amount of work that I have been doing until I take a break and, and make myself rest. So I can completely relate and uh, preach to the fact that this is all accurate in my personal experience. Yeah. And I feel like there's almost this, like, I don't know, I struggle too, because I, I err on the side of overworking and, and doing too much. Um, I definitely have struggled with a perfectionistic side of things. And I, I do feel like I'm making some good headway on that. So I'm excited for that. But I feel like a lot of times, even when I start vacation, like I have a hard time relaxing. Like it's still like, it's that patterning in my brain of do, 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 go, go, go. And so when I'm like, don't have anything to do, I'm like, wait, what? I don't, I don't really know what to do with that. And it does, it takes me a little while. Um, so I feel like for me, I do need like a week long vacation because I need those first few days to let my brain just like start to relax and, and kind of chill out and, and really get that rest time that I need. So do not skip vacation. Look at to make sure that you plan that for this year too, this upcoming year. That's important. So as we talk about downtime, I want to switch gears a little bit here and talk about our downtime at work. So we talked about away from, now let's talk about at work. And I want to define our downtime at work as when we have kind of availabilities in our schedule. We had openings that didn't get filled. We have a patient that cancels. We have a patient that's, you know, late. And, you know, in our practice, we have a um, measure in place that if a patient is more than 15 minutes late, that we cannot see them because, you know, there's that domino effect and we don't want to, you know, make, a, make our other patients suffer from not having enough time. So even if I have a patient who's just 10 minutes late, to me, a lot of times that's downtime and I can get a, a couple things done that are important. So just wanted to define what that downtime looked like at work. Um, and here, you know, it's not lost on me. I realize that we are coming off this topic of restful, relaxing vacation downtime. Um, so it does feel a little conflicting to take this twist, but I think it's important to, again, intentionally create a balance with our in-office downtime too. So the question is, can in-office downtime be productive? And I'll say not only can it, but we'd argue that it should be. So sometimes in an effort to prevent burnout and frustration, downtime is most productively spent by taking a break, right? Because we know how busy our day gets. So maybe that downtime for you one day is, hey, just getting hydrated or grabbing a snack or taking a quick walk outside, um, you know, connecting with team and, you know, you know, checking in with each other. Hey, how are you? What's going on in your life? And I think I just want to chase a little rabbit here on this that I think that's really, really important 
checking in with our team and really knowing what's going on with each other on a personal level, I think is so helpful for really building team morale. Um, and I say that because there are days when it is literally a full schedule, patient, 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 and you see, you know, I see my other hygienists and I'm like, hey, how's your day going? And it's just like a quick, I'm good, I'm not drowning, how are you? But the days that you have some time and you can check in and say, hey, how are you really? And you realize that these other, you know, people that you work with have some big things going on in life. It really creates this space and opportunity to bond together and create understanding and support. And I think that's a really, really important part of team culture. So sometimes I think that is a really productive way to spend your downtime is to connect with your team and figure out how they're doing and, and supporting them. Um, you know, I think sometimes when you do find yourself feeling very balanced and focused and you're in a good place, now it's time to spend that downtime being actually more productive for the time that we're using. And, you know, I, I just like anything else, suggest that we have a game plan for that too, for how to spend the downtime from a productive aspect for the patients and the practice. Um, and we suggest creating a checklist for to share with your entire hygiene team. Um, maybe you want to create one for your your whole team. But um, you know, because we as as we always say in dentistry, uh, sorry, I always say dentistry is a team sport. Um, and if everyone is focused on making their downtime productive, then we can all accomplish the task collectively and leave less on the table for others. So this is where you know the asking for help comes into play. And I know that as high achieving, commonly A-type professionals, we often feel as though we must do everything ourselves. I know we've done podcasts about that before. It's a big deal. Um, however, learning to advocate for oneself by asking for help is actually in an invaluable leadership skill. When your workload begins to feel overwhelming, it is okay and necessary to petition for support or a change, like I said, a change in schedule. Um, asking for help allows you to prioritize your mental and physical well-being. So we wanted to just go through briefly and kind of have a conversation about what is our list like look like um, when we have downtime? Like what are how do we use that in a productive way? And I want to say that this is really in no particular order, but I think this is just good food for thought. Again, as you kind of think through, all right, let's make a game plan because if everybody kind of has a go-to list. Um, you know, inside their cabinet or whatever for when, hey, Miss Patient no-showed, what should I do with my time to be strategic? It's great to kind of have a reminder list. So I would say, obviously, working recare, um, if, especially if we're going through a time period where we've got a lot of openings in the schedule. Um, and again, I think that even looks different for each per practice, depending on how that happens for you. Um, mm -hmm into we're kind of limited with our office space and availability to to get to the phones so I will do a lot of email on that front I have a um, template that I already have set up and I literally just plug in the patient's name and when they were last in and and shoot those out so I can get those going pretty quickly um, and I think there's a lot to be said for working recall as the hygienist to your patients because I feel like when they hear from you specifically um, that there's more motivation to be like, oh, she's checking on me. He's checking on me. Um, you know, I, I feel like I need to communicate back versus somebody from, you know, the, the business team calling and they don't have as much of a connection. So I think that's kind of an important thing and a beneficial thing that we can do with our downtime. Yeah. So, so that for me is something that I almost completely delegate because I have, um, the really great 
instead of having an admin team member who's assigned to my schedule and a few other providers. So I am seldom on the phone doing recare things. However, if a patient calls with clinical questions, that's when I pick up the phone. And also, you know, when I have downtime, recall for me looks like looking ahead at my schedule at any openings that are coming up in the next week or so, like any cancellations that have occurred, and then looking forward into my schedule to see who could potentially fill those things. And then I text my admin person, my admin person reaches out to them. So so it's kind of like handpicked by me, like for this specific space. So if I have a 90 minute or a two hour, okay, these are the people who are waiting for a sooner spot that I'll then offer like a sooner availability to. So I... I'm a person who does better, and this probably seems counterintuitive because I do a lot of different things, I think, but I do better with fewer tasks that I can focus on. So when I can delegate something like that to someone, it's more effective for everyone. So I usually delegate recare. But the next thing, you know, on the list would be patient communication or emails, returning phone calls. Like, so that's kind of on the same vein of what we're talking about now. And I will sit down and return emails and that goes for emails from the business team, emails from patients, you know, communicating with everyone via email. Downtime is a great time to do that. Ordering supplies and restocking is always a great time to do that. For me, I don't do much of the supply ordering anymore. Um, I do a lot of restocking, just not supply ordering necessarily. Onboarding new products is something that can really, really, you know, keep you very busy during that downtime. Um, a couple of things that I can think of are like, if you want to research a new product, you know, start creating a protocol for a new product, you know, email some of that information to your dentist, to your supervisor, to your COO, whoever needs to approve new products to schedule and plan even um, like a lunch and learn for a new product. That's the time to do that. And then Otherwise, this is something that I'm also terrible at. I feel like I'm just outing myself in this list, actually. Sharpening instruments. Uh, thank you, Shay and Jen, in our practice for sharpening all of our instruments, because I don't think any of us really do much of that. Um, I know when I'm sharpening instruments, I am the person who turns curettes into sickles, so I try and stay away from that as much as possible. <laughs> And, you know, there's some really great companies. We use a company that we box them up and send them off. And that gets done for us. But I know a lot of practices don't do that. So that is a great thing to do with, with your downtime. Um, and that's one thing I will sometimes do, even if I've just got like a five, 10 minute is I may do a cassette or two just so just, you know, to keep things moving and keep things going. Yeah. Um, I think obviously, I think we'd all agree making a pass through sterilization and making sure that everything is um, being managed there. Um, I feel like that's one of those things that as a team, we just we're constantly returning favors on that front, like whoever's got a minute, like hop into sterilization and, and keep it going. That's super, super important. Um, I think obviously team support, you know, going around and asking, hey, who needs help? Looking at the schedule, see what's going on across the board, you know, <clears throat> seating somebody's patient for them, you know, getting a PA, you know, scheduling their somebody's next visit, turning a room over for them, whatever that looks like. I think, again, we I know we. I myself want that help when I need it. So I think being available for others and that will cause people to turn around and, and return the favor as well. Um, tracking, I think is an important thing. I know we look at our numbers um, every morning in our morning huddle, we stay on top of that. But once a month at the end of the month, I'll go through and pull all of our tracking numbers and put that together so everybody can see. But even just personally making sure that you are 
online for your goals and making sure checking in, you know, once a week, one, you know, mid, mid month, end of the month, just to see where you landed. I think that's a great thing to do with your time. Um, I know the nemesis for all of us is notes, um, staying on top of notes. And we've talked before about, you know, make sure you have a great note template that you can kind of stay on top of and fill in, but that's a great thing to do with some catch up downtime. And actually creating the note template during your downtime is also a thing that will keep you busy for quite a chunk of time, kept me busy for a very long time. And then learning how to integrate those into Dentrix or whatever program that you're using and rolling them forward is, is also another thing that, that you can do. Yeah, I feel like a lot of these things we're talking about, some of them are just active like day to day, but some of them are prepping yourself for the future so that you can be you can have more downtime in the future because you've gotten these things in place. So I think that's important. Um, creating verbiage, right? So if you've got something that you have onboarded, onboarded that's new, or you're a practice that's just kind of done it for a long time and, and you don't really have anything in place, I recommend doing that so that when you onboard new team members, everybody kind of understands the same and is saying things the same way. Um, learning that verbiage would be a great thing as well. Practicing that role-playing. Um, for those of you that are doing or are looking to do salivary testing, I think I use a lot of my downtime on that front where um, we're submitting the tests online or I'm reaching out to my patients with their results or calling in prescriptions or whatever that looks like. So that's a great way and time, great way to spend that downtime. Um, and then I think training new team members because I feel like dentistry, I'm, I'm hearing across the the uh, country at this point that everyone's looking for people that, um, you know, COVID happened and I'm not sure where all of our dental peeps went. Um, if you're thinking about coming back, please do. We need you because I'm hearing from everybody that it, everybody is understaffed right now. So hopefully in this new year, we're going to see, uh, we're going to be seeing a lot new, a lot of new team members joining us. And so training is a big part of that. Um, I know I had an hour opening one day last week and we've got a new assistant in and the other assistant was trying to train her on the ITRO. And I know from personal experience, it's really hard to train someone while they've got that wand in your mouth. You can't explain, you can't tell. So I kind of stepped in and said, hey, do you guys want to take some time and do this? And, and you can scan her and I can kind of help you from the outside and talk you through it. So being mindful of that and thinking about, again, it's not just our own schedule and our own goals, but the, the practice as a whole is What's going to help set everyone up for success? Because if that new team member now knows how to scan, and then one day I need a scan, I can go grab her because she knows how to do it. Like it just, it helps everyone all the way around. So, um, you know, I know, and, and maybe you divide your time up. Maybe you take a quick uh, walk outside for five minutes and then come in and then help train, you know, divide your time up and make sure you get hydrated before you start that. But it's really learning to balance um, our time to create a healthy environment. And that's really what we're all about. Yep. And most of it is help me, help you, help me, help you, help me, help you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it turns into. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think that's the definition of team. Yep. Totally. Well, well, thanks everyone for joining us this week. Um, don't forget to download the Mighty Network app and search Bulletproof Hygiene to stay in the relevant conversation. And please keep listening for if you've never met us in person, we would love to see your face. We would love to see you in our event coming up in August. I think it's the 10th and 11th, right, Teresa? 
August 10th and 11th, 2023 uh, in Las Vegas is our next summit. And we are so excited. We have never, well, I've never been to Vegas. I will say that. But we look forward to seeing you there, meeting you in person, and hopefully we can uh, shake hands this time with some hand sanitizer before and after. That's right. And here is to a great new year. So think it through, figure out what you need. If you need any support, reach out on the Mighty Network. Everybody have a great week and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Bolt Proof Hedging Podcast. We hope you've had as much fun as we have. Don't forget to click subscribe for a lot more where this came from. We appreciate your support and promise to keep the hygiene gems coming. Keep track of upcoming Bulletproof Hygiene events by visiting bulletproofhygiene.com or download the Mighty Networks app and search Bulletproof Hygiene to stay connected. We want to hear from you.